Section twenty one of the Seen and the Unseen by Richard Marsh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. Nine. A Double Minded Gentleman. Chapter two. When on the appointed day I appeared at the hotel in time for dinner, I found the ladies awaiting my arrival, but there were no signs of Mr. Groom. I inquired into the cause of his absence has mr groom not come up to town with you oh yes explained miss groom but he has an engagement which will perhaps detain him and prevent him dining here if it does he will go on straight to the club he will be sure to be in good time to hear and see this wonderful mr goad really mr Attree, we have been talking and thinking of nothing else since we saw you i suppose that if papa asks for you they will let him in i assured her that they would in fact when we reached the apollo for mr groom did not turn up for dinner i gave instructions that he should be shown into the concert room directly he arrived we were early so that we were able to find comfortable seats before the rush began seeing bensberg on the other side of the room i signalled to him when he came i introduced him to the grooms taking my hint and the vacant chair he made himself agreeable the people were flocking in but although i kept a keen lookout still there were no signs of mr groom there were signs of their being about to commence proceedings mrs groom began to fidget i cannot think what can be keeping mr groom he seemed to think it possible that he would not be back in time for dinner but he said that even if he were detained he would be sure to be here in good time i know that he has been looking forward to to-night and he will be so disappointed if he should miss anything i said that i would go and see if owing to some misunderstanding he was wandering about downstairs i went and saw but apparently there was nothing to be seen i inquired in the hall but nothing had been heard of mr groom i went through all the rooms nowhere were there any signs of him when i got back into the concert room the first item on the programme had just been completed how very odd said mrs groom when i explained to her that my seeking had been vain as a rule mr groom is so particular in keeping an appointment almost finically particular now and then he might be now and then but item followed item and there was still no mr groom i had mrs groom on my right nora on my left and bensberg sat on the other side of nora ah all at once i heard him say there is goad i suppose we are to have him next at the same moment nora began to fidget in her seat here's papa mamma here's papa where my love mrs groom looked through her glasses in the direction in which nora was glancing there mamma just on the platform mr Attry, don't you see him i think he has just come through that little door at the side i see him whatever can have made him so late and what can he be doing over there somebody must have shown him through the wrong door nora can't you signal to him so as to let him know where we are without waiting for nora to reply mrs groom stood up and began to wave her fan in that rather aggressive manner which is peculiar to some persons when they desire to attract the attention of some other person across a theatre or a crowded room bensberg volunteered his services if you will show me which is mr groom 
i shall be happy to let him know your whereabouts oh thank you said nora that is papa why for some cause or other in the middle of her sentence miss nora stopped dead good gracious exclaimed her mother what is he doing how silly he is why he's actually going on to the platform papa the gentleman ascending the platform is mr goad mr who mr goad who i believe is now going to favour us with a pianoforte solo nonsense snapped mrs groom with scant politeness the more especially since so far as she was concerned bensberg was only the acquaintance of a minute it's papa papa i for my part had maintained strict silence i had seen the person who now had gained the platform come into the room my first impulse had been to exclaim that here was mr groom at last a moment's reflection however showed me that the individual had come through the door which led from the artist's room and that well that the situation might be more complicated than i in my first impulse had imagined but i was certainly unprepared for mrs groom's behaviour the newcomer whoever he was as i said had gained the platform his appearance there considering the place was greeted with quite a tumult of applause acknowledging this with the most perfunctory of nods without loss of time with the most modest and most unpretentious air imaginable he seated himself at the keyboard of the instrument the applause died away in silence the audience waited for the performance to commence all but mrs groom who not only continued standing up but who continued speaking too papa papa she said in a voice which was not only audible to every person present but which created an unmistakable sensation i verily believe that the individual on the platform was the only individual in the place who did not turn and stare at her she addressed herself to her daughters my dears what can be the matter with papa he must be mad papa perceiving that a buzz of curiosity was beginning to travel round the room and that people might be jumping to conclusions which mrs groom might not impossibly consider derogatory to her character i endeavoured to explain i spoke in a tone of voice which was intended to reach the lady's ear alone did i not tell you that the resemblance was very striking that is mr goad who is on the platform mrs groom the lady's tone could not have been intended to reach my ear alone it was even unnecessarily loud mr goad mr ettry how can you say such a thing do you suppose that i don't know my own husband the husband of nearly thirty years nora interposed it was quite time too mamma do sit down perhaps there is some mistake after all it may not be papa mrs groom sat down i really believe unconsciously may not be papa do you mean to tell me that you don't know your own father girl the man's a lunatic he will disgrace us all he does not know one note of music from another the sounds which proceeded from the platform struck the lady dumb i noticed one or two of the committee looking in our direction and almost began to fear that there would be a scandal so far as appearances went however the individual on the platform continued to pay not the slightest attention to the lady's curious behaviour at any rate in the middle of her very audible remarks he commenced to play 
the change which took place in the lady's countenance was really funny as she was in the very act of speaking her mouth was open open it remained with the words which were on the very tip of her tongue still unspoken it continued open for a minute or more she seemed to be under a spell then drawing a long gasping sort of breath she shut her mouth she looked about her as if she were struggling with a dream i was conscious that nora on my left was actually trembling bensberg i suspected of something very like a covered grin i saw that the cheeks of the usually cool and self-possessed mrs groom were a fiery red unless i was mistaken tears were in her eyes i was conscious that the position was distinctly an uncomfortable one the discomfort of which was not lessened by the nature of the performance to which we were listening again mr goad favoured us with an extraordinary olla podrida of sounds that he was in one sense a master of his instrument there could be no doubt whatever the piece he played struck me as being an actual improvisation transcribed in black and white i should not have been surprised to find it something very much like nonsense but played as he played it then it had an effect upon my already agitated nervous system which so far as i was personally concerned i found peculiarly disconcerting i almost began to feel as mrs groom seemed to be feeling that these things were chancing in a dream the effect was heightened if i can make myself plain by the fact that while the performance suggested frenzied excitement the performer himself seemed to be in a state of imperturbable calm i found it quite a relief when he finished mrs groom seemed to find it an even greater relief than i did as the applause subsided she turned and addressed me in a manner which took away the larger portion of the little breath which mr goat had left me master of mr ettry what is the meaning of this i could not tell her bensberg came to my rescue with it struck me something of malice since mr goat so curiously resembles mr groom possibly madam you will suffer me to introduce to you your husband's double mrs groom looked at bensberg in a manner which suggested that after all one touch of nature does make the whole world kin and that well-bred ladies can behave like ill-bred ones now and then my husband's double my good sir do you suppose that i don't know my own husband come girls let us go to him mrs groom dashed into the crowd and we dashed after her the mrs groom and bensberg and i i should have liked to check the impetuous lady but i felt that in her present excited state she was beyond my checking she metaphorically collared the pianist as he stood in the centre of a little group at the foot of the platform papa she exclaimed brushing the people aside as though they were so many flies what can you be thinking of my dear everard pray come away with us at once the girls and i have been suffering agonies i did not think you could have been so inconsiderate really that you should ever have concealed from me your knowledge of the instrument was bad enough but that you should ever have dreamed of a public performance my dear everard i must beg of you to come at once the excited lady poured forth her grievances with a volubility of which i am persuaded she would have been incapable at least in public if she had not been excited the pianist regarding her all the time with a degree of calmness which under the circumstances 
was not without a touch of humour i apprehend madam that you are under some misapprehension there was a certain quaintness about the speech which was old groom all over so the lady seemed to think everard papa she almost screamed what do you mean just then the pianist caught sight of bensberg he held out his hand to him bensberg endeavoured to explain it seems mr goad that your double is walking the earth allow me to have the honour of introducing you to mrs groom it appears that you so closely resemble mr groom that mrs groom finds it difficult to persuade herself that mr groom and you are two and not one the lady is mistaken i have not the honour of knowing mr groom this the pianist said with mr groom's old-fashioned courtly little bow not the honour gasped the lady she was reduced to gasping not the honour miss groom had enough presence of mind left to interpose it was time the proceedings so far as the rest of the programme was concerned were at a standstill mamma dear let us go slipping her arm through her mother's she drew her away perhaps there is some strange mistake and after all it is not papa not papa expostulated mrs groom do you mean to tell me that you don't know your own father girl why he is wearing your father's clothes on his finger is the ring which i gave him on his wedding day in his shirt front are the studs which were my last birthday present i saw the ladies into their hired brougham but i let them drive away alone i felt that they might desire to say things which they might prefer to say en famille still i managed under cover to assure miss nora groom that i would look in at their hotel in the morning when i returned to the music-room i found that bensberg had engaged mr goad to sup with him when he asked me to make a third i readily said yes it was a queer supper-party at least to me it seemed queer i perceived that even bensberg seemed to think that there was something odd about the situation though he never openly hinted at anything of the kind to me but i knew him and i noted how he never allowed his eyes to wander long from mr goad appearing unwilling to lose count even of his slightest movement for my part i almost felt as if i were in the presence of something supernatural the more closely i observed mr goad the more amazing became his resemblance to mr groom it seemed incredible that even the two dromios could have been so alike and in the face of mrs groom's behaviour what was a man to think of the three of us mr goad was certainly most at his ease i felt persuaded that bensberg's appearance of ease was as much assumed as mine was but about mr goad's imperturbability there could be no sort of doubt whatever that was nature itself and it reminded me so bewilderingly of old groom the scene at the club seemed to have made no impression on him our allusions to the subject if they had any effect upon him at all had the effect of boring him he appeared to think that there was nothing in any way out of the common in an old married woman who had never been parted for any length of time from the partner of her joys and sorrows and who had only left him an hour or two under such circumstances mistaking and insisting on mistaking a perfect stranger for her husband of thirty years after supper goad and i went away together it was a fine night and as his way lay not very apart from mine i bore him company as we strolled through the quiet streets 
he struck me as being one of the most infrequent conversationalists i had had the pleasure of meeting it seemed difficult to get a word out of him edgeways at last i assailed him on the subject of his art then he did say something i suppose mr goat that of music you have been a lifelong student no i have never studied it at all music came to me so far as i can remember in a second of the science of music i know nothing i cannot read a note of music on a printed page what i play i play because i have to play it it comes to me i know not whence nor how when i must play i play i never play unless i must while i pondered somewhat taken aback at his curious confession doubtful if he was in earnest or if he was the latest illustration of the charlatan he suddenly stood still wondering why he stopped i turned to look at him something in his face and in his bearing had on me the effect of an unexpected cold douche it gave me quite a start he was staring about him in a confused bewildered way just as a man who had suddenly been roused from sleep all at once he said as if speaking to himself i must have overslept myself he turned to me seemingly with a start of surprise Atri, what the deuce are you doing here mr goad i exclaimed goad he seemed to be making an effort at recollection oh of course that's the fellow who's so like me and who plays the piano like a madman come along we shall be late mrs groom and the girls will give it to us if we are mr goad i repeated feeling as if it were i who must have been roused from slumber before i could say another word someone grasped my arm it was bensberg he had had his suspicions of what was going to happen so unperceived had followed us my dear etry he said will you do me the pleasure of introducing me to your friend of whom you have spoken to me so often mr groom i believe that it is mr groom my name is groom said he for the moment for the life of me i could not have said if it was mr groom or mr goad and my name is bensberg dr conrad bensberg i am better acquainted with you mr groom than you with me he paused eyeing the other intently and then added under the peculiar circumstances i think as a medical man that i had better at once be frank with you mr groom you have had a singular hallucination hallucination murmured mr i will write it groom he did not seem to know what to make of things which was not strange i did not know what to make of them either hallucination you have just awoke from a state of cerebral unconsciousness you have unwittingly and innocently acted the part of a double-minded gentleman as you are possibly aware mr groom the brain has two lobes that is divisions these lobes sometimes without their possessor knowing anything at all about it work separately while one works the other so to speak sleeps and vice versa this is how the two lobes of your brain have treated you ordinarily you are as you are the gentleman whose acquaintance i have the honour of making mr groom but while one lobe has been sleeping the other lobe has insisted upon your being that very talented musician whose acquaintance i have also had the honour of making mr isaac goad end of section twenty one